Welcome to the Profitable Accountant Podcast. I'm your host, Reza Huda, practice owner, coach, and mentor to accounting firm owners. In this podcast, I share practical strategies to get new clients, charge higher prices, and build a profitable accounting firm that you're proud of. From time to time, I also interview other accountants doing incredible things so you can learn what's working and take tangible takeaways to implement. Make sure you press the follow button on your podcast player so you get notified when I release a new episode. Now, on to today's session. Hello, hello, hope you're well. I've had a good day so far and I've had a good week. So this week, what have I been up to? I think if you listened to last week, you heard that I recruited someone within 48 hours. Well, actually, we ended up recruiting another person as well, given the number of applicants that we had to our job ad on the onlinejobs.ph website that I talked about for Filipino staff. We ended up uh, getting quite a few applicants and quite a few really good applicants. So uh, through the course of interviews, one of my other client managers uh, said that they could do with another person in sort of three to six months time. And as always, it's always good to have capacity to work into rather than recruiting when you are crazy busy. So Because of that, we ended up taking on somebody else. So we took on two people in a week and uh, the second person joined and started just uh, yesterday, actually, on Friday. So if you haven't already, check out onlinejobs.ph if you want to have... Uh, access to good, qualified, by experience, loyal, trusted team members, then you can't go too wrong with offshoring in the Philippines. So check out my previous episode for that. Anyway, today's episode is an interview with another accountant who's doing great things. And that accountant is called Nicola Sorrell. Now, you may have heard of Nicola. If you're in my Facebook group, you will know that Nicola has won the tax return challenge year upon year for the last three years and has won it this year as well, even though the winner doesn't get announced until Christmas Eve, because she's already done all her tax returns by the 31st of October. Would you believe it? Impossible? Clearly not, because she's done it. So in this interview, With Nicola, you're going to hear exactly how Nicola gets it done. So hopefully sit back, relax, take some tangible takeaways from it. And ultimately, what I would, what I, the reason why the main motivation for me doing this is to actually share with you what is possible to give you that motivation and inspiration as to what is possible that you can get 100% of your returns done by 31 October. And even if you don't get them done by that point, even if you did 90% by Christmas, how much would that be a, an improvement on what you did last year or the year before? So this goes to show how it's possible. And Nicola is going to share with you exactly how she and her team do it. So without further ado, let's get stuck straight in and I'll see you on the other side. I wanted to talk to Nick Nicola because some of you may know that I run a tax return challenge in my Facebook group. I've been running it for the last four years and Nicola here has won it every single year. And this is her fourth year that she's won it, even though the, re- the challenge isn't technically finished because normally it's whoever gets the most returns done by the end of December is then declared the champion. But clearly no one's going to beat Nicola because she's already got 100% done by the end of October. So I thought, well, you know what, I need to get Nicola on and have a chat with her, share it with you guys so you can see what is possible, that it is possible to get your returns done much sooner than you think. You don't have to be working crazy long hours in December and January to get your returns done. This is possible. So I wanted you to hear from the horse's mouth exactly 
how Nicola does it, what she does, the tactics that she deploys to then give you that encouragement, motivation, and inspiration to say, this is possible. You can get it too. You don't have to have 50% of your tax returns outstanding in January. Even though if you don't get 100% done by October, even if you got 90% done by Christmas, that I'm sure you'd be more than happy with. So as we're talking, feel free to put any questions in the comments below, and I will put them to Nicola. Also, let me know what percentage of tax returns you have done so far. Put that in the comments below. If you're in the tax return challenge, then um, you know we already have those figures, but it's always good to create that bit of accountability and motivation. Okay, so... Without further ado, I'm going to stop yapping and we'll get stuck straight in. Before we talk about the how, just for people to get a sense of you and your firm, can you just talk about your practice, how many people you have, the kind of businesses you serve, and the most important figure, how many tax returns do you have to do in a year? Just for people to know that it's only just, you know, you don't just have 10 tax returns to do and that's why you've got them all done. It's a lot more than that. So over to you, Nicola, introduce yourself, your firm. Sure, no problem. So I'm Nick Sorrell. I'm the founder of Effective Accounting. Um, set the firm up about 15 years ago. I've been doing it 10 years full time. Um, I've had various different sizes of team. At my peak, I had nine, but now I've got three. So me plus three. Um, two client managers and one admin. Um, we look after primarily service-based businesses, owner-managed directors of limited companies. So only limited companies, only in service-based industries, all UK-based, um, only using zero. And for 82% of those clients, we do their bookkeeping. So we manage their bookkeeping. Um, and for 22, 23, we had 334 tax returns to do in total. 334. Yeah. 40 of those returns were like standalone returns. The rest were all directors or shareholders of the limited companies we support. Okay, fantastic. Okay, but presumably some of those were a bit more complex than just salary and dividends. They may have properties and shares and other things going on than just salary and divs that you would have access to. Is that right? Yeah, primarily rental income. We get a lot of clients with other rental income, some with sort of dividend portfolios, but yeah, mainly that. Okay, fantastic. All right, so talk to us now, Nicola. If um, in terms of your high level approach, you must have a strategy because you have, you know, uh, consistently got your tax returns done sooner and sooner every year for the past four years at least. Talk to me about your strategy. What do you, you know, what do you have in place? What do you discuss with the team at the start of the tax return season to ensure that you get the tax returns knocked out well before the deadline? So if you talk about the high level, then we can drill into some of the specifics. Sure. So I think the main thing is that I worked in practice. I've worked in small practices since I started out 25 years ago. So my goal when I set up Effective Accounting was that there would be no peaks and troughs in work of any kind. So I wanted there to be a static level of work across every month so you could plan better. And we do this across accounts as well. So our accounts are all out within three months of year end. So we don't have anything. I think our latest year ends that are to do for limited companies are like August. So we have a very static, very, very stable workload in, in place. Um, and the ways that we've done that over the years is really honing in on who we work with, but also owning the data. So by doing the bookkeeping for nearly all of our clients, we have most of the information as soon as we hit 6th of April. Um, and it will only be getting the extra information like the rental income, the bank interest. But generally, 
for we're currently looking after 258 limited companies for 82 percent of those we do the bookkeeping so we own that data we have it we don't need to ask for it the clients rely on us to be able to pick out their salary and dividends straight away so we can almost draft their returns and that's what we've done this year so that's how we got to 93 percent by july we pretty much drafted the salary and dividends on their their um tax returns before they'd even given us the rest of the information fantastic Okay. So how do you, how do you deal with those that um, perhaps, you know, the the different year ends or are they generally, they tend to be December and March or have you got, you know, different year ends throughout the course of the year? No. So we've got clients with, our year ends are quite evenly spread to be fair. So we Mm -hmm. haven't got a lot of clients with December or March. They are quite evenly spread, but because we do that bookkeeping on a monthly basis, all of our bookkeeping will be up to date when we get to the 5th of April or near and thereabouts. If there's a few things um, overlying or when the VAT quarter ends might have an impact. So if the VAT quarter ends in May, it might be that we wait until after the end of May and when we've done that VAT return to get the tax return done. But generally, all the bookkeeping is done for all the clients very quickly. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what is your... So in terms of if you were to write down the process, what does that look like? Is it a case of... You do the return first, send it to them, and then ask for individual bits of information? Or do you do kind of the big email at the start of the tax year to say, right, give us your information? You know, specifically, how does yeah. that kind of process yeah. work? So um, our process, we have an online form that's been honed over many, many years, like tweaking the language, because language has a big impact for clients on how they read it and trying to take all the friction out of it, trying to make it as quick and easy as possible to do. So for the majority of our clients, they'll be able to fill in our tax return checklist online on our website within two minutes. So Mm -hmm. we've made it a quick and easy process. So uh, and we use carbon for our practice management. So this year we sent out our request for information. I think it was on the 6th of April. We just decided to send them straight out. So they'll get an email saying we need to start doing your tax return. Here's um, I think we've got a blog that's nine reasons to get your tax returns done early. Here's a link to our blog of why you should get it done now. Here's the link. And then on carbon, we send a reminder every 21 days. Mm-hmm. So they'll have had reminders at twen- every 21 days since the 6th of April. Um, and it's kind of send them so many reminders, they just get bored of us. Some of them have literally said that to us. You know, we, we're bored of you sending us reminders. Um, and our answer is do it first time and you won't get a reminder. Um, but we do we do hound them and I think after doing this for three or four years they kind of know as soon as they start receiving those emails that we won't go away so they get Mm -hmm. it done quicker Um, and our big focus this year was around getting them done by July so I think I worked out that about 88% of our clients have payments on account so we do a big target to those clients telling them in that email so we'll tailor that email and say, at the end of July, you've got this payment on account due. You may not need to pay this if we do your return. We may be able to reduce it if we do your return. So we make a big push for July. Um, and that was that was our target this year. Even mm-hmm. if I look at sort of our percentages that we've got done over the years, this year was the massive, massive increase to 93% in July. And that was yeah. what my team were targeted to do to get, they were targeted to get to 75% by the end of July. Amazing. And they got to 93. 93, yeah. Fantastic. Now that's amazing. So that's so te- you said every 21 days. So technically that's only what? Two emails, two or three emails yeah. by July. And that's enough to get everything in. So that's only, let's say, the April email, the May email, the June email. I mean, the July email is near the end of the month. So you've probably got most of it done anyway. So what, just three emails and 
clients give information just off the back of those three emails. Yeah, and like I say, it's the checklist has been honed so much over the years that it's really easy for them to fill in and they can mm. upload everything straight to the checklist. They can add comments to the checklist. I've invested so that they can save it and come back to it so they can save part because we used to get that a lot of clients would say well I've started filling it in and then I couldn't find something um and so we've done it so that you can save it part way through send yourself a link go back on and add some bits in later so mm -hmm. we've had really good feedback from clients that the checklist has made it really easy okay fantastic and so uh, so would the normal process be that so for, at the same time as sending out the emails to say, give us your information, would you also at that time prepare the returns that you already have the information for and then start handing people individually as well? Does your team do that in conjunction with the email? Um, the team will, as soon as they're confident that they've got the dividend figure. So we already have the salary figure. So my admin will put their uh, P60 information in as soon as we get to the year end for payroll. So they'll put mm -hmm. that directly into the tax return in tax calc. As soon as the client manager is comfortable that they've done the bookkeeping and know the dividends up to 5th of April, they'll put that in the return. And then as soon as the tax return checklist in, they'll come, they'll finish it off. And what they'll do is on an individual basis, if they're comfortable that they've got the salary and the dividend, they'll send a separate sort of more personal email to the client saying, we're basically there, just fill in the checklist. Okay, excellent. So you've actually got more than one person handling the return. The, yeah. the payroll person will, the admin will do the payroll bit and then the client manager will do the rest effectively. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. Excellent. And is there anyone in the team that does any any of the more complicated ones? How do they get um, I do the 40 returns that aren't the director shareholders. And that's just because the client managers don't look after those clients and it just keeps them dealing with their clients. So I did 40 returns out of the 334 this year. And it's not not because they're complicated. They just don't fit our our general processes of directors. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. So tell us more about the, the form that you use, because I, I think you mentioned last time you used uh, Cognito forms. Is that is that still the same? Yeah, we're still using Cognito forms. But what we do each year is that where we hear about any tiny bit of friction that the client might have, like I didn't quite understand, like people often don't understand child benefit. Oh, no, my wife gets that. So we'll tweak that and say, even if your wife slash husband gets the child benefit, you'll need to fill us in. So we're constantly honing the language and things on there so that they understand what they're filling in. Hmm. Because that that was that's been our biggest thing over probably the last four years is people not fully understanding the form and taking no to things like do you have a student loan no, <laughs> and actually they mean yes they just didn't know what they were filling in so then we've put sort of extra wording in there sort of tips like you might have a student loan if blah 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 and then do you know whether it's a, a loan one or loan two this is how you can find out so we've added sort of extra tips and things in there to help them fill it in so that. It's all about getting rid of the friction. So I want them to be able to go through the, the checklist and be able to answer every question in one sitting. And if yeah. they can't answer it in one sitting, then I've created friction because they're going to come back to it. And now they're annoyed mm. uh, because they didn't know what they were doing. Um, so that's what we're trying to focus on is making it a one sitting task and that they can just do it in the evening having a cup of tea. Yeah. Absolutely. No, I 100% uh, agree with you. And we've got a, a similar thing going. We use Google Forms and our, likewise, our Google Form has been tailored over the years where it, it is all about that. It's about making the process easy for clients. If you make the user experience easy and like you say, remove the friction from the process, they're more likely to do it. 
if it's such a if you're just sending them emails and say give me this 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 they're going to look at it it's going to feel like a huge lift and a heavy task and then they'll, what they'll do is they'll say oh, i'll come back to that and they never do so make it easy for them remind them often enough and they will do it and actually i make mine available to members of my community and also available uh, separately as well so if that's something you're interested in and you want the ready-made version just comment below tax return system and i'm happy to to send that across to you and i guess you're not too concerned nicola about the fact that because you know often people say to me well you know is there does it why, why are you doing it in google why don't you do it in there's a manual process right we have to take the information from that google form and then put it into tax calc or wherever um my answer to that is well you know at, at the moment it doesn't quite exist in tax calc for it to be as good as as good as a google form whereas google make you know things that are, have a great ux a great user experience and people are comfortable with them they're more likely to complete them and hence why you use them uh, is that probably similar similar sort of thinking on your side I think so. And I think the aim has always got to be to get the information as early as possible from a client. And the, the easier you make it for them, the better. It might be harder for us. Yes, we've got to type it in, but we've got that data quicker. Um, and as well, I don't know how many people get this, but clients often put the wrong information on the form anyway. Mm. Um, so, exactly. you know, there is a sense check from the client manager that what they've filled in makes sense and they'll compare it to last year. And it does add in that sort of human that human check because they don't always know what they're doing absolutely no you're spot on there you're spot on so if you're listening and you are maybe you know you're taking all this in and you can you can see how you can apply that or maybe you're flabbergasted and don't believe it's possible or you've got any questions then now is your chance now is your chance to ask nicola how on earth does she do it how on earth is it possible what what is going through your head at the moment listening to nicola make it sound so easy that you just send out a few reminders and a form and magically everything just gets sent to you does this sound too good to be true well now's your chance to ask you know ask nicola the, the the hard questions in your head and i'm sure nicola will be happy to share one sec i just wanted to talk about the accounts and tax preparation software we use we moved to tax calc a few years ago from one of the big players predominantly due to the huge cost saving the difference was massive saving us over seven thousand pounds a year but aside from that it's actually a really good product my team tell me that it's really intuitive simple to use and the transition to move to it was painless TaskCalc is also the most popular choice for accountants in the pack and members of my Facebook group. So if you're looking for accounts, tax production and practice management software that does everything you need it to without costing a fortune, check out TaskCalc. There's a link in the show notes to learn more. Now, back to today's pod. So Nicola, how do you, in terms of when you're, when you're getting to that point, so I mean, you finished them by end of October for the, let's say for the last, you know, the 10, 20%, the, the laggards who are not responding to you, do you use any type of carrot or stick to um, get them to give yeah. you the information to do it? Yeah, so we um, charge an additional 75 pound plus VAT if we receive it after the 31st of October. Okay. Um, so that's to our, um, director, owner, managed businesses. So who are paying a monthly fee that includes their tax return. So they get charged an extra £75 if it's received after 31st of October. Mm -hmm. um, for the standalone returns that we do, so the 40 ones that I do, this year I changed how I priced them and I think it worked really well. So I, I sent out my proposals using Ignition and they got given a price and it said, if you send it in by the end of July, you'll get a 10% discount if you send it in after the 31st of October, you'll pay 20% premium. 
So I kind of gave them the option to choose their own fee. Um, and that worked really well because I think 37 of those 40 came in before the end of July. Mm -hmm. um, so giving people the option of uh, having it lower if they'd send it in seemed to work. And I hadn't done that before. I've always done more of the, the stick approach of like, we'll charge you extra. Whereas this way I was telling them I'd charge them less. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I just wanted to get them done before the summer. I think there's a really key thing with getting them done by the end of July, which was why I targeted the team with that this year. So over mm -hmm. the last three years, we've only hit 63, 64 and 57% by the end of July. And this year we hit 93. And the reason we focused on that was payments on account for clients. You've got a big reason to get them by July. But the other big reason is if we looked at the stats on it, and if you don't get it by the end of July, you won't get it until October in most cases because people are on holiday in August and then they're getting kids back at school in September. Mm. So um, every year we see a massive drop in who sends their information in from the last week of July through to the middle of September. So you kind of lose two months. So our focus mm. is always now to get them in by the end of July before everybody gets into the summer and we'll We'll tailor some like reminders later on to those clients. So clients we know have got two kids will like get on the phone to them and say, look, you don't want to do this in the summer holidays. And then you don't want to be doing it in September. And then it will be starting to get ready for half term. So let's just get it done before July. So we'll, my client managers have a really good relationship with their clients and they'll be able to do that. Hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And, I, and I think that's that's the bit that that helps you. So it's not just because the one email is probably not going to do much, but no. I imagine that in June, July, your client managers, they're on the phone and they're sending it out and they're asking for individualized information to really, you know, get 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 the information in. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's how we've done it. And that's how it's worked over time and why we've been able to get the numbers down over time in terms of how we how we've got it done is building those relationships and mm -hmm. um I had six client managers at one point and now I've got two. And so they have more clients each, but they really do narrow in on their clients. And so they've got, they've built those relationships over the last three or four years and they know what to say to each client. Yeah. So they'll know, you know, yeah, you're going on holiday in August. You don't want to do it then. You're not going to want your tax bill when you get back from holiday either. And they'll just know how to approach it, each client with it. Mm, absolutely. Okay. Mm. Just going back to the numbers. So was it 334 you said you had in total? 334, yeah. 334 you do 40 of them right yep. so that leaves just under 300 odd and you've yep. got what, two client managers now yeah so they do 150 each between them yeah okay so that's not yeah. a, not a small number and in terms of their you know i presume they've got accounts and stuff to deal with as well how yeah. do you, you know how do they manage their workload and stuff to make sure that you know accounts are getting done and payroll and all the rest of it together with tax returns what kind of motivation do you give them to kind of prioritize this rather than leaving it to the last minute? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I've set my firm up to, so it replicated how I started. So obviously when I started Effective Accounting, it was just me. So clients only had me as their contact. Um, and as I scaled it, I tried various different options. So I had like pods, I tried departments, I did everything that everybody else has done. And then I decided to just go with client managers because that's how it had worked for me. Um, and so our, my client managers, they don't do payroll. So our director payrolls are done by our admin and then anything more complicated than a director standard payroll is outsourced. Um, but my client managers will do the bookkeeping, the VAT and the accounts and the personal tax. And they'll do all the client liaison. So dealing with all the emails. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it comes down to, again, just constantly doing the bookkeeping. So 
although we charge our clients for quarterly bookkeeping in order to complete their VAT return. So they don't expect daily or weekly bookkeeping, but we will generally get weekly bookkeeping done purely to keep our workflow static. Hmm. Um, and that that's kind that's how we do it. So we don't get to the end of a quarter and have to do a quarter's worth of bookkeeping to get a VAT return done. The bookkeeping is being done constantly. So the way my team have done it, and they've organised it themselves, is they have they'll have tax return Tuesday and Thursday, or they'll they'll pick a day and they'll just say in the peak time when we were sort of doing April to July, Tuesdays and Thursdays, they'd just do tax returns. And they'd put a certain channel on the radio and they'd just be plowing through and they'd they'd have a bit of camaraderie between the two of them. How many of you got done and how many of you got done? And we've got whiteboards up that make it visual. So mm. they just get really into the spirit of it. They just make it fun, I think. Yeah. Fantastic. And it's just the two of them. There's no juniors underneath them to assist them. It's just no, they will handle A to Z on the client. Yeah. Fantastic. Amazing. Okay. We've got a couple of questions coming in. If you've got a question, then now is your chance. Put it in the comments and I will put it to Nicholas. There's one from a Facebook user here. How do you deal with amendments? Clients coming back two months after sending the draft with additional information they had found. So the return can't be filed until the client approved it. I'm just well. Um, we charge for amendments. So if they've if they've gave us the information on our tax return checklist and we've prepared the tax return based on that checklist, then they get charged if they change that information. And um, it's just a standard £75 plus VAT. Mm -hmm. And they're told that as well. So when we send them the return um, on the footer of the email, it says if you've got any amendments following the preparation of this tax return that um, you didn't include on your checklist, you will be charged £75 plus VAT for an amendment. I think it says it on our emails when we send it out as well. So the checklist shouldn't take you very long to do, but do do it correctly because of any any amendments will be chargeable. Fantastic. Excellent. Great idea. Next question. Uh, it's also interesting for Nicola to share insights on her bookkeeping process for over 200 clients in-house. If she outsources the work or if the two accounts managers process both the bookkeeping, which would appear excessive for that many clients, but clearly not. Um, I think you kind of answered that, but do you want to just kind of read? I can do, yeah. So um, I think the key thing is that they are very, very small service-based businesses. So we don't have product-based businesses. So the volume of transactions tends to be quite low. So you're not mm. comparing it with a, a, an Amazon seller or something like that. A lot of our, our clients will be contractors. So you may have one sales invoice a month, money coming in to match that invoice, and then 25 transactions where they've been to prep. Um, so it tends to, that it, it isn't very volume-based in terms of the number of transactions on the bookkeeping. I think yeah. the complexity for my client managers is the number of people they need to respond to on email mm. as opposed to the actual doing if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I think a similar sort of question coming in or kind of a statement saying huge volume from one account manager. Well, actually, as Nicola explained, it's not uh, it's not transaction heavy. And no doubt if you've got you know solid processes and the more familiar you get with clients and the fact that you're doing it weekly, you generate those efficiencies and those efficiencies help you to to manage that many clients and um yeah i'm sure your your team are happy and they're comfortable and uh, if they were drowning then they would shout and you would then adequately resource the uh capacity required definitely i i should also clarify my team work a 35 hour week um mm -hmm. and i pay overtime but i haven't paid any overtime this year because they haven't done any and because we finished our tax return so early in july they had fridays off for the whole of the summer mm -hmm. so they are they're not overworked 
Absolutely. Yeah. Good. Good. So any other questions, let me know in the comments box. If you want access to that personal tax return system I mentioned that uh, we use for just building tax return system in the comments and we'll get that across to you. Is there anything else, uh, Nicola, in your process that I haven't asked you about that you think would be worth sharing with others? Um, I don't think so. I think the biggest thing for me this year, and I have already said it, but I think the big thing is when you think about it being a deadline of January, it feels so far off. So I, I've always targeted my team, I give them a percentage to get done by the end of each month. So this year it was 17% by the end of April, 40% by the end of May, etc. Um, I think if you think of it more like that, you're more likely to get more done. And I think focusing on July is where, where you'll get proper gains. So if you focus on, right, we're going to get as much done as possible. So look at where you got to for July this year, set a target that's ambitious, but potentially achievable and focus on that. Because I think when you've got a goal that you've got, you know, eight, nine months to do something, nothing's going to happen. So we set the, the sort of steps in between of each month, how much we want to get done. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah, that's really important. We do that um, as well, kind of a monthly target. It just helps to kind yeah. of keep the pressure on, keep the momentum going because it's the early gains. You know, people are going to get busy. People are going to fall ill. There's going to be holidays. So, you know, just having a target for Christmas is no good. Have that monthly target, keep the pressure on, keep the momentum going. And that's how you get these kind of results. So did you mention it was a 93% you got done by July? 93% by the end of July, 75% by June. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, so I think it's a bit like losing weight. If I said to myself, I want to lose two stone by the end of the year, you need to break it down. Yeah. Because you're going to, human nature is to just leave it a bit. You've got plenty of time. Um, mm. So I think that's what's been, that's been massive for us this year. Because last year we we're only at 57% by the end of July. Wow. July that's has been a big focus. Yeah, that's a huge jump. Mm. And, and it makes sense. And yeah, you know, we kind of do the same thing as well. I tell my team, well, you know, clients are only going to do something if there's something in it for them so talk about the benefit to them the benefit to them getting it done by july means that potentially they could pay less tax in july because there's a payment on account doing and they're going to know what the liability is well before it's got to be paid so you focus on what's in it for them and if you focus on that they're more likely to give you what you want if it's just a case of you asking for the sake of you asking there's nothing in it for them. So yeah, focus on what is the benefit to them. Explain that in your calls and your emails and you're more likely to get it from them. And yeah, provide the incentives, the carrots in terms of, you know, if, uh, if they get it in early, then they can save a bit of money and pay less. And then, you know, the stick, pay a bit more if they don't get it in by a certain time. Uh, unfortunately, that's how human behavior works. So use it to your uh, your advantage. Uh, you know, we, we often create clients, you know, it, it sometimes is our fault that we, we're not asking for information until December, January, we can't complain that we are overworked and stretched and have everything coming in in January and can't cope with life because, you know, we create that mess for ourselves. So, you know, put a planning in advance, um, as they say, you know, plan, uh, what is it? Plan to, uh, fail to, fail to prepare. Fail to prepare, prepare to fail. Prepare to fail, isn't it? Absolutely. So yeah, prepare. Uh, well in advance, as you've seen Nicola doing, and no doubt you can get those similar results. So any final questions, uh, let me know in the comments. Otherwise, I think, you know, we, it's been really useful today, Nicola. Um, apologies for the um, slight uh, late start for this due to technical problems. But I think in summary, it's 
as Nicola has said, this is not rocket science. This is not, Nicola hasn't shared with you anything that you didn't already know. It's simply about starting early, getting out those reminders early on, drafting the returns as much as you can, and then sending out to clients, following up with the phone calls and and maintaining the pressure early on, getting those early gains and doing a big push by the end of July to uh, uh, so there's some benefit in it for the clients. And really, with those simple steps, uh, you too can get your tax returns done a lot faster than you ever have done. Anything else to add there, Nicola? Um, I think the only other thing that I've just seen on my notes, we're just checking that I've gone through everything, is I think it helps having predictable reminders. So mm. you might not have that option in your software, but I think when clients know that they're going to get a reminder every 21 days, I think that's the other thing. Because I think before I used Carbon two years ago, I was guilty of going, oh, well, we've got a bit of time and then sending out some reminders. Um, whereas you get the clients used to the fact that you're going to get a reminder every so so many days. And on Carbon, it tells them how many reminders they've had. So I think okay. that also helps. So it says like reminder number five, <laughs> um, which is like naughty you, slap on hand, sort yourself yeah. out. So I think that also helps that you're doing them regularly because you're training them. Mm. You're training them to do something. And if you're just sporadically sending out emails saying, oh, by the way, we've got time to do your tax return, still reminding you. I don't think that's quite enough. I think they need to be regular. I, need think, I think they need to be predictable. So they need to know that you're going to hound them. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I couldn't agree with you more. And we uh, we send ours out um, every, every. I mean, I push the team to send it out every, pretty much every fortnight. We've got a bank of different emails we use uh, written in a kind of, you know, a friendly way at the beginning. And then they get more and more, um, you know, sterner as, uh, as the deadline goes on. Things like, you know, if you don't get information to me, you'll miss out, you know, we'll, take, we'll cross you off our Christmas card list, a bit tongue in cheek. Yeah. Things like that, you know, playing with them. And don't think that even some of my team say to me, oh, no, you know, we feel bad sending out so many emails. Well, you shouldn't, because if the client got the information in, you wouldn't have to send so many emails. And we have to remember, you know, just like us, our clients' emails are full, you know, their inboxes are full of stuff that they get. So, you know, your email is going to get hidden. If you send one, you know, every couple of months, if they forget that one, and then you're not reminding them again for a couple of months, it's no surprise you're not getting the information in. So the more reminders, the better. Bring, you know, the agenda to the top of their inbox and you'll get replies. So, yeah, if you want access to that bank of emails, type in tax return system and give you access to mine. Excellent. I think... Um, this has been really useful. Thank you once again, Nicola, for coming on today and sharing your system. No Before we go, what, what, what have you got planned for December and January? You're chilling now, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> December, January, February and March. And March, of course, yeah. So we have, we've got like five months without any tax returns. Um, resting. Uh, people keep asking me, will we take on more tax returns? Um, and I keep saying no, because that wasn't the goal. So, no, the plan isn't to take on any more tax returns in that time. I know I could, we could do that, but that's not our goal. Um, we're working on some internal systems and processes and things and potentially changing practice management system. So we've got Ooh. five months to do that. Oh, are you not uh, are you moving away from carbon? Are you? Potentially. We're looking okay. at the option. Yeah. What don't you like about carbon? Uh, their support. Ah. They charge a premium fee for, for very, very poor support. Mm. And that grinds on me a bit I, I i quite like the software but there are glitches with it and I, I wonder whether there's something better out there but it's it's the reason why we've always gone best of breed because you can switch things out and um it, we're gonna look basically we'll have another look at what's available and see if it's 
it gives us the right time to do it. Mm, absolutely. You've got the time. Fantastic. All right. Well, thank you once again, Nicola. Thank you for listening today. Uh, if you want to catch up on it, you can go and listen to it on the Profitable Accountant podcast. Uh, you'll be able to listen to the recording over there. But otherwise, hope you got some tangible takeaways from today's session and, and implement some of the things that you heard Nicola talk about so you can get your tax returns done much sooner than you have been. If there's any other questions or comments you have, feel free to put them wherever you're listening to this and tag in myself or Nicola and hopefully um, if we have a chance, we'll, we will come back to you. Otherwise, thank you once again, Nicola. Really appreciate your time. Take care, everyone, and bye for now. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening. If you want to spend more time together, get access to me personally for your questions, access to resources and training that will help you to shortcut your progress together with being part of an incredible community of accountants or helping each other, then come and join the pack, the Profitable Accountants Community. There's a hundred plus accountants that I mentor and they help each other to get results faster than trying to do it alone. Go to reshooter.com forward slash mentoring to learn more or message me directly on LinkedIn. Take care.